Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. And uh, the series we're starting tonight uh, is, is a series that I'm starting called Born to Lead. Born to Lead. And um, I want to give you a little bit of a history, um, c- c- kind of where, where this series comes from, and, and then I'm, I'm going to get into to what I want to talk about tonight. But when I was uh, 15 years old, anybody here 15 years old? A couple of 15 years. When I was 15 years old, we moved here. Uh, I say we, my family, we moved here from uh, Los Angeles, California, Southern California area. We moved from Southern California to South Carolina. And that summer, I went to a summer camp. I went to our district summer camp. And the, the, there was a man named Dale Jenkins, Pastor Dale Jenkins. And he was preaching at summer camp. He's preaching. And I'm sitting there like, how many girls' phone numbers can I get tonight at the session? Because I'm, I'm like, that's, that's where my mind is. And in the middle of his preaching, he goes, hold on. Like I, I, I met him one time. He goes, Brandon Dearman, would you stand up? And I'm like, oh my gosh, God just read my mind. He knows that I'm like scoping the room for girls. Busted. Um, and he goes, like, the Lord has a word for you. God has a purpose and God has a plan for your life. And he, he just began to give me this word from the Lord that God had a purpose and God had a plan for me. And, and it planted a little seed. Pro- pro- probably a year later, uh, we had a man named Larry Titus. What a name. Larry Titus come and preach at our church. I don't even know why he was here. I don't remember what he preached on. I don't know why he was at our church. Um, but what I remember is he was leaving the Sunday he preached. And and he, he, he walked past me and he goes, and he kind of puts his hand on my shoulder and he goes, God has a great purpose and a great plan for your life. And then he kept walking. It was about a year later, I was about to graduate high school and I really didn't know exactly what it is that I was going to do or what I was supposed to do. Um, but we were at a, at a Foursquare conference, sitting in the very back row last session. And it wasn't a person, but it was the Holy Spirit. And, and God just, just dropped in my heart. These seeds that had been planted from a camp, from a random encounter with a man named Larry Titus, like all of a sudden be, be, begin to germinate and grow. And I just knew, knew so clearly, God, you do have a purpose and you do have a plan for my life. It was two, two years later that I, I, I became the youth pastor of this church. And, um, I'm telling you all this because when I became the youth pastor, the greatest burden and the greatest passion that God put in me was to help other people realize and discover that God just doesn't have a plan for my life. God has a plan for your life. And so I I just want to just warn you on the front side. um, This series is going to be a lot because this is like 15 years in the making. This is the whole passion of my heart and my life. And I'm believing in this series that you will have an encounter with God of your own. That Something would happen on the inside that you would begin to view yourself the way that God views you, that God has a purpose. God has a plan for my life. It's bigger and it's better than anything that I've yet to to see or to realize. Uh, Title of the series, Born to Lead. And um, I know that when when I say like, you were born to lead, 
automatically there are three categories in this room. There are those of you who you are like the man, the woman, and I say, Garrett Jones started nodding his head. I say, you're, you're, you are born to lead. And Garrett Jones tips his cowboy hat and goes, you, you, you bet your, your, your stirrups. Is that a thing? Like, you, is that like, like, like you, you, you bet your leather saddle I am. I'm, I'm the man. And, and there are those of us that we just like, we're, we're naturally born. Like we, like we have that personnel. We're wired that way. That's like, yeah, like, like totally I'm born. Like I'm obviously I'm a leader. There's, there's those of you who um, like, maybe there's some of that somewhere inside. Um, but, but, but it's wrapped in so much insecurity and so much uncertainty that you hear that, like you're, like you're born to lead and something in you goes, yeah, maybe. And then there's those in this room that it's almost laughable, man. You like, like God wants to use you. And your first thought internally is you're right. But, but hear me tonight. It does not matter what category you fall into. Actually, you were born to lead. And when I say lead, here, here's what we're talking about this series. We're not talking about like organizational. See, we, we think about leadership organizationally, like it's a title, it's a position of authority. Here's what leadership is. Leadership is simply recognizing you have something to give. That's what leadership is. Le leadership, when it comes to the kingdom of God, God's not trying to put more on you. He's trying to pull out of you what he's already deposited within you. But leadership is not a title. It's not a position. It's not authority. Leadership is when you recognize God has given me influence. God has given me gifts and abilities. Like I might be weird, but I was created this way. Like God has wired me a certain way and he actually wants to use me to reach people. He actually wants to use me to build his church and make a difference on this planet. That's leadership in, in God's kingdom. I was talking to someone this past week, and again, forgive me, I'm a little wound up. And I'm talking about the series, and they're like, I don't know, man. I don't really think it's like a good series for like, you know, like, like church, because that sounds more like stuff for like, you know, like, like senior pastors. And I said, that's my point, though. Like, you just proved my pee-picking point. Like, who says pee-picking? You just proved my pee-picking point. That when we think about leadership in God's kingdom, we think ministry, we think pastor, but it is not the case. Every single one of us have been committed. Like, think about this. We, we, we know, and we'll get this in a second, but we know the, the Bible goes, hey, the great commission, go into all the world and make disciples or lead people into the knowledge of Jesus and help them. That's called leadership. That, that's, called, that's called recognizing I have something deposited within me, this good news, this message. And I have influence and opportunity where I'm called by God to lead somebody and to bring someone somewhere that they could not have gotten on their own. You're born to lead. I want to read you Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to read the first 10 verses, and, um, and, and I'm going to preach this, this sermon tonight. So starting in verse one, Ephesians chapter two, verse one, all the way through verse 10, uh, I'm reading out of my, my Bible. And so you can keep up with me, Christina, but Paul's writing, he says this, and you, he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. So Paul's starting at the beginning and he's helping us to know where we came from to, to where we are right now. 
And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air and the spirit who is now working in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. In other words, Paul goes, we all started dead in our sin. We all started disconnected from God. We all started in in the lust of our flesh or living a life ruled by, by the spirit of this world. I love this though. Verse four, he says, but... God, someone say, but God, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. And by grace, you've been saved. And he raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Listen to this, for by grace, you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Paul goes, you started here. You were dead in your sin. You were disconnected. You were living like everybody else, but because God is so rich in mercy, what is mercy? It's when, when you don't get what you deserve. God is so rich in his mercy, in his compassion, and his great love for us. He rescued us in, in, in his son. He rescued us in the finished work of Jesus. And he made us alive. He didn't just make us alive, but he made us part of his family. And he, he brought us to sit with him. And now we have all the blessing of God fully available to us. And then verse 10 is kind of going to be our key, our key verse tonight. He says, for we are his workmanship. We're his master creation. Listen to this. Created in Christ Jesus. That's referring to 2 Corinthians 5, 17, where he says, the moment you got saved, you're a new creation. So he goes, you're, you're my workmanship. Before you were ever even in your mother's womb, I knew you. I had purpose and plan for you. I literally knit you together in <clears throat> your mother's womb. Now you've been recreated in Christ Jesus. Listen to what he says. You were created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The title of the sermon tonight, uh, put on the screen, no more excuses. Look at your neighbor, even though they're still four feet apart or whatever it might be, uh, and just say, no more excuses. Just come on, let's get a little vocal. Look at someone say, no more excuses. Now, look at yourself. Come on, so some of you are not looking at your neighbor. Look at yourself real quick. Everyone put your hand up. Put your hand up. Come on, full participation. All right, get your pointer finger out. Point at yourself. Say, no more excuses. No more. All right, I'm going to preach tonight how God, he has given us no more excuses for why we shouldn't be leaning in and living in the call of God that's on our life. Let me just forewarn you that we're going to pray. The sermon I'm going to preach tonight, it, it really leads to a point of decision. The Bible says this, many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few will accept and receive that call. 
Brandon, why, why is this so important? Like, like just, just real quick, hold, hold up. Before you pray, before you tell us the sermon you want to preach, you tell me, why, why does this matter? Let me give you two, two reasons why this matters. I told you, 15 years in the making. This is a lot. Let me tell you why it matters. Number one, because your world needs you. I'm, I'm giving you a lot of notes tonight, so you, you, just, you be busy writing. Luke 10.2 says this, the harvest is great, the laborers are few. Luke 10.2, Jesus looks at his disciples, he goes, guys, can, can we just pause real quick and look at this? The harvest. What is the harvest? People who are ready to receive the gospel. It's great. What's the problem? The laborers are few. There was this conference years ago in Miami, Florida's church called Vu Church, and the theme of their conference was no one else is coming. And I love the theme because here was the whole theme. Hey, it's on your shoulders. No one else is coming to your sphere of influence. It's you are Christ's ambassador. And Jesus said, the harvest is great. The laborers are few. Notice what he says next. And I know it's not on the screen, but he says, therefore pray the Lord of the harvest sends forth labors. Notice he doesn't say, therefore just start praying, guys. Start praying that people who are bad and sinners. Well, he didn't say that. He said, no, the harvest is ready. Do you know the whole world's waiting for Jesus? They might not even know, but, but your, your school is waiting for Jesus. Your friends are waiting for the good news. We were created for our creator. The harvest is ready. He said, no, but you need to pray though. You need to pray because the people willing to go and bring in the harvest, it's few. Many are called, few are chosen. Therefore pray that the Lord of the harvest would stir the hearts of the laborers to go and to bring, bring in the harvest. Your, your world needs you. But number two, let me tell you, tell you why in this, I'll, I'll give you a little self-serving reason. Because there's no greater fulfillment in life than relationship with God and fulfilling the thing that God's put on your life. It, it, it just, Jesus said, John said before, he, he goes, God, my food, what feeds me and nourishes me is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Like God gave me a real life example about this today. Uh, you ever woke up just in a bad mood? Just like you woke up and you're like, I uh, just, I woke up this morning. Let me, let me tell you my, first of all, I got woken up. Anybody besides me, you hate to get woken up. I hate getting woken up. I've been sick. Please pray for our marriage. Jenny cannot take the coughing. So I've been, been, been on the couch for like a week. And so I'm sleeping on the couch this morning. And apparently our dog who sleeps in, you know, our, our bedroom had to go to the bathroom. So Jenny, cause she's such a good wife, kidding. She's a great wife. Um, she, she, she like lets the dog out and then goes back to bed. And this morning I'm sleeping. I'm trying to heal people. I need rest. She's not the one sick. I'm sick. And I'm trying, and, and my dog literally just, just jumps on my face. He's just like, I'm ready to go. And I just, a bad morning. And my kids are crying because it's rainbow day at preschool and we can't find any rainbow clothes and the world's gonna end. And then, then I'm trying to leave. And right before I leave, my dog pees all over like the rug and the floor and one of my shoes. And I'm like, this day's the worst. And I, was like, I, just, I got in the car in a bad mood. And then someone called me. And, and it was someone uh, not connected to our church, but someone that just needed encouragement. And I spent like 30 minutes just encouraging and loving and like, and like pastoring this person. And I got off that phone call and, 
And I felt such a high and a joy of like, that was, that was, like, I, I actually gained more than I gave in that phone call. But the Bible says that our food, what nourishes us, it's relationship with God, but it is to do the will of God. And you always have more to gain than you have to give when it comes to fulfilling God's call. Again, God's not trying to put more on you. God's trying to pull something out of you. You are born to lead. Someone say, I get it. I get it. All right, we'll move on. Uh, Ephesians chapter two, we just read that. Uh, title of the sermon, no more excuses. I, no more excuses. I can't make excuses. Let me pray. And then I'm gonna give you just three thoughts tonight because our time is short. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that every single person under the sound of my voice, even myself tonight, God, stir us up with a passion to fulfill the call that's on our life. God, I pray tonight that as we open your word, as, as, as we, we just dive deeper into this, that every excuse and reason and rationalization that we've made in our mind that the enemy has brought as a lie, that it would be dismantled tonight. And there would be a freedom and a liberation and, and, and even a revelation for the first time that I am called by God. God's got something for me. God's got something on, on my life. And I pray we leave tonight stirred up and ready to be about what God has called us to do. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen, amen. amen. Uh, quick, quickly, I'm gonna count to three, yell it at me. One, two, three, what is your favorite food? One, two, three. All right, like more enthusiasm, people. I'm up here giving my best, come on. One, two, three, yell it at me. One, two, three. Okay, I heard sushi, I heard pasta, I heard steak, I heard chicken, uh, mac and cheese. Uh, th this past this past Thursday night, so almost a week ago, um, no, no, I'm sorry, it was last Tuesday. Was, maybe this is why I got sick. Uh, we got invited out by some people from our church, and they said, "Hey, we want to take you to dinner." By the way, they were like old people. I ain't got nothing against old people. They like they they were old people, and um, I was like, "Ah, yeah, we'd love to. We don't have a babysitter." They're like, "No, just just bring your kids." I'm like, "Are you sure?" Yeah, bring your kids. And so they they took us to Big Boys Diner. It's some random new hole in the wall in Rock Thrill, Big Boy's Diner. I would never go there again in my life, just for the record. Um, it's like a buffet of just like Southern food, fried chicken and, and, and okra and greens and gravy. And it's like, it's like it was so much Southern food. And, um, and, and so we get there and I had just decided that day after eating a ton of like Taco Bell the week before, like, you know what? That's it, Brandon, no more games. It's almost summertime. <laughs> Like, the, like, you got to rebuke the dad bod in the name of Jesus. It's not happening. It's time, it's time, to, it's time to get your life right. I'm going to eat healthy. And, and I, I, like, I'm, think, like I'm, I'm thinking about dinner. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going to eat healthy. Just lying in the sand. But I'm like, oh, snap. I got to go to dinner tonight. And, and, and so we get there. And let me tell you what they had at this restaurant or this little, this little buffet. They had salad. They did have some grilled chicken. They have vegetables. They have fruit. What do you think the four things that were not on my plate were? Salad, vegetables, fruit, or any kind of grilled chicken. And, and I'm like, I'm like, and I'm piling up this disgusting, like not good for me food. And in my mind, I'm like, I mean, like, 
Like, yeah, healthy, but I mean, it's like dishonoring to the people that brought us to, it's Big Boys Cafe. This is not Skinny Guys Cafe. This is not, I got abs, this is Big Boys Cafe. It is dishonoring to the cafe to not get in, and it was just, it's it excuses. And I was thinking about that when I was preparing the sermon because it's funny how a lot of us, we think we have reasons, but really we have excuses as to why we're not leaning. See, the difference in a reason and excuse, a reason is legitimate. A reason is like, oh man, I'm so sorry that I was late, but um, like there was an accident on the highway, unexpected, and like that's a reason. An excuse is I couldn't eat healthy because I was at big boys. Like there's no, that, that, that's an excuse. It is not accurate. And, and there are a lot of us, the reason I said no more excuses is because we have excuses that in our mind we think are reasons. Now this is overgeneralization, but let me give you three categories. Here's the three categories that, that, that I, I think that our, our reasons live in. Number one, that God really, like God, that God doesn't really have something on my life. Like, like, may, like maybe that person, maybe this person, but I mean, like, I don't, I don't really think that God has something for me specifically. Se- secondly, I, I think somewhere in this category lives that I'm just not good enough. I just like, I've made too many mistakes. I'm not spiritual enough. I'm not a good enough Christian. I'm, I, I'm not far enough along. And then, and then thirdly, we just, I, I don't have what it takes. Like I don't have, have the ability. And I'm gonna give you just three quick thoughts tonight as to why those reasons we may have are really excuses. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. Truth number one is simply this, that you gotta realize that you are called by God. You're called by God. Can I just tell you tonight that if this was your plan, if you conjured up this idea, if, if you had this great aspiration, how you were gonna reach your world for Jesus and how you were gonna see, you'd be on shaky ground. But can I tell you tonight, this is not your plan. Can I tell you, this is not your idea. You, you, none of us sat in math class and went, all right, Goals. Reach people for Jesus. Goals. See my campus. See, see, see revival break out on my campus. Goals. Help so-and-so. To, like, this, like, this is God's plan. And, and you just have to re- realize, even those of you who you have a stirring in your heart for evangelism, you have a stirring in your heart for being used by God. You did not put that there. God did. You have to remember and realize this is God's thing. This is God's plan. And here's what brings great confidence is that if it were my plan, I'm on shaky ground. But because this is God's plan, I have confidence in that. Because here's what the Bible says. Numbers 23, 19. It won't be on the screen, but you can jot it down. That God is not a man that he would lie. But the Bible says if God spoke it, he's committed to through his outstretched arm accomplish it. Bible says this, Jeremiah chapter one, verse four through five. Again, it won't be on the screen, but it says this, that before the Bible says, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, verse four. And verse five says, Jeremiah, before I knew you, I, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you and I sanctified you and I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Psalm, Psalm 139 verse 16 says that we were knit together in our mother's womb and God, he already fashioned all the days of our life before there was yet to be one of them. Before you were born, God knew you. Like, like I, I know you think you're disqualified because you knew you, but can I tell you that before God called you, he already knew you. 
And he knew every dumb thing you would do. And he knew every inadequacy adequacy you would have. He knew every fault. He knew your family situation. He, he knew your history. God knew you. And he set you apart. In other words, he put you where he put you. If you were meant to be in 1939, you'd be there, but you're not. You're in 2021 on your campus. God put, put you there. You're in the family. You're in God put you there. God set you apart. And the Bible says about Jeremiah, he ordained. That word ordained simply means to put something on. He goes, he goes Jeremiah, I ordained you a prophet of the nation. God has ordained you an ambassador to your world for Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.20, Paul goes, hey, hey, listen, anyone who's called upon his name, we are now the ambassadors, the representatives to our world of Jesus. Jesus said, Matthew 20, 10, 19 to 20, hey, all authority has been given to me. Like I'm, I'm, I, I run this thing and I'm commissioning you. That you would go into your world. You'd make disciples. You would teach people how to follow. And you, you, you're called by God. You just have to, have to settle right now in your heart. This is not my thing. This is not my idea. This is not something that I, I conjured up. There's some of you tonight that you have dreams in your heart for how, how, how you want to reach, reach, reach people. There's some of you have dreams in your heart for art. You have dreams in your heart for, for music. You have dreams in your heart for, for what could happen on your campus. You did not put those there. God put those there. And you got to go right here, right now. I'm, I'm going to push away every insecurity and every lie to tell me this is not the truth. No, this is not my idea. This is God's idea. I'm called by God. Number two, jot this down. You've been qualified in the person of Jesus. You've been qualified in Christ. Did you know that God does not call the qualified, but rather he qualifies the called? Do you know that? God does not call. God doesn't go, all right, who's, who's a really good person? No, no he, he calls every one of us and then qualifies us in his finished work. Well, let's go through this real quick. Moses. Moses was a murderer. Moses felt stirred by God to do something and he acted in an inappropriate way and he murdered someone. The Bible tells a story about this woman named Rahab who was used by, by God to, to help d- deliver God's people. She was a prostitute. King David... A man after God, David was a murderer and an adulterer. He, had, he committed adultery, he got a woman pregnant, and he was trying to cover it up, and he murdered her husband. The apostle Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, he was hunting Christians. He was hunting Christians to imprison them and murder them, and God encountered him. And when God encountered him, God called. This is why in Paul's writing, Paul Paul says stuff like this. He goes, listen, I'm the least of all the apostles. What he's not saying is, I'm just not very good at this. I'm I'm, I'm the least. I'm just, I'm kind of bad at talking. And I don't think my writing's, what he's saying is like, hey, guys, guys, I'm the least. Like, you don't know my history. You don't know my past. I'm the least. I've made mistakes. I've, I'm the least of all the apostles. And yet, 1 Corinthians 15, 9 through 10, and yet it is by God's grace that I am who I am. What did Ephesians chapter 2 say? That by grace you've been saved, not of your own works, lest you should boast. This is a God thing. And you, you got to remember tonight, it does not matter what your past or even your present is. 
It does not matter what you have or have not done. You have been forgiven and qualified and made right in Jesus' finished work. We're taking notes. You could just jot down this machine gun of scripture real quick. First John 1, 9, confess your sin and God is faithful to forgive you and to cleanse you. Second Corinthians 5, 21, he knew, who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Romans, Romans 5, 1, by faith I've been justified and made right before God and I'm at peace with him. He, Hebrews 10, 14, he who knew no sin in his one sacrifice by one offering has forever perfected me even though I'm still a work in progress. You've been made right before God. And whatever that lies, whatever that excuse is, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm not there yet. You, you, you got to drop that thing. And go, no, no, no. I've been called by God. This is not my idea. This is not like, I, I, I didn't come up with this. Like it, leave it. There's a calling that's on my life. God's, God's placed something within me. And I know I'm not a perfect person, but I've been qualified in the finished work of Jesus. You know how I know this is real? I know this is real because I, I talk to people every day who deal with this. I was talking to this guy in our church. We, we have this need right now in our church and he's literally the perfect person. Let me tell you why he's the perfect person. The, the, the need that we have right now that we need someone to fill, he has 30 years of professional experience. He has not only 30 years of professional experience, but he has like, like, like more than that, or not more than that, but like five, 10 years of literally teaching this to other people. And currently he is volunteering his time for a large organization to do this in their organization. He is retired. He got nothing but time on his hands and he desperately wants to be involved, yet he refuses. Do you know why he refuses? This man, he's in his 60s, and I took him out to lunch and said, hey, like, you, like, bro, like, you know you're the person. You know you are the guy. Like, we have a need. God's given you something to help build the church and reach people. And he goes, I'm just, you know, pastor, I'm just, I'm just not there yet. What do you mean? I just don't, I don't feel like I'm spiritual enough. You, you know, man, I just, like, th- 30 years in this profession, I just, you know, I, I, I made a lot of mistakes. I'm, and, and he's stuck. He's stuck because he, he cannot understand that he's been qualified in Jesus' finished work. And here's this person that he, he, he's like the perfect person to be used by God to help in a significant way. And yet he refuses because I'm just, you got to drop the excuse and you got to receive tonight. I'm called by God. I'm qualified. And here's the third one. We'll close with this. But, but this, this third excuse that so, so many of us live with, and Kimberly or Isaiah, you can come play, and so we can, it'll help me close. This third excuse that, that so, so many of us live by is that I just don't have what it takes. I don't have what it takes. And you gotta write this down. You've been empowered by the Holy Spirit. Let me p- p- paint a little scenario for you. The Bible tells us in Mark chapter four, I believe it is, <clears throat> that Jesus chose 12 dudes to be his disciples. He chose 12 dudes. And the Bible says he chose 12 guys to be with him that he might like have relationship with them, but that he might teach them and train them to be released into their call. 12 disciples. They spent three years with Jesus. Let's just recount their history real quick. They heard every sermon. They watched Jesus perform miracles. One of them, kind of walked on the water. He'd sunk a little bit, but he, we walked on the water. 
Not only have they been around Jesus, they've heard the teachings, they've seen the miracles, but they've actually themselves been, been ministering to people. Bible says that Jesus, he sent them out and, and when he sent them out, they came back freaking out like, it worked. We were praying for people and they're getting healed. We're casting out like, it worked. They were a part of the greatest internship program of all time. There's never been an internship program better than three years with Jesus. The greatest teacher of all time. Here's what you would think. You would think when it was time to go, <coughs> that they would have been ready. <clears throat> I mean, wouldn't that like be good rationale? Like they're ready, man. And here's what Jesus said in Acts chapter one, verse four. He goes, you're not ready. What? You're not ready. Three years, greatest internship program of all time. And he goes, no, no, you're not ready. I heard one of my friends, Pastor Joel Everest says this, you cannot represent a supernatural God in your natural ability. You, we cannot represent a supernatural God in our natural ability. Can't do it. And he goes, guys, you're not ready. So Acts chapter one, verse four, you can verify me. He says, so wait, just, just like wait right here for the promise of the Father. In Acts chapter one, verse eight, he says this, when, when, when you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, you will be endued with power from on high to be my witnesses. You'll be endued with power from on high to be my witnesses in all all the earth. You know what's so crazy to me? Is there, there are those of us in this room, I'd say a vast majority of Christians in our country that they're like, I just, like, I'm not ready to be used by God. If you sat that down to go, okay, let me tell you, or let me ask you, why are you not ready? They would say, well, I just, you know, I don't know enough yet. I don't have enough experience. And I just think, you know, if I, if I took a couple classes, if I went to Bible college, then I'd be not according to Jesus. Jesus said, you are ready when you receive the power of my spirit. Jesus even said things like, you're gonna have some, some difficult conversations with high up people. I don't want you to prepare beforehand what you're gonna say. The Holy Spirit will give you words in the, in the moment. You and I, we've been called by God. Don't you say God doesn't have something. You've been called by God. We've been qualified in the person of Jesus. Do not dare discount yourself because of something you have or haven't done. And you've been given, hear me tonight, access to the supernatural power of God to fulfill that call. We have no excuses. Every excuse and reason and rationalization, God says, no, 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 no. This is my plan. This is my purpose. I'm calling you. This is my son and his finished work. I'm qualifying you. And this is my spirit. I'm freely giving that you may be empowered to fulfill that call. So here's the question. So what do I do now? I'll give you, give you step one tonight. We're going to keep going in this year. I'll give you step one. Number one, here's the thing you do tonight. Anyone who's in here like Brandon, I want to be who God's called me to be. I want to fulfill this call that's, that's on my life. I want to fulfill. Here's step number one tonight. Ready? Simply receive. This is, this is the step. Receive what? You have to tonight receive that call. 
Like you, you, you just got to receive and go, God, I might not even see it right now, but I receive by faith. You're calling me. You have a purpose. You have a plan. You want to do something in my life. Receive tonight. Jesus finished work. Jesus, I receive tonight. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your grace, your righteousness, your qualification. And tonight, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, my, my, my spirit is available to any who would call to any who would call out and say, God, how I want to be endued with power, receive tonight. Can I tell you that, that this, this step one, I'm going to pray for you here in a minute. We're going to dismiss because we're over on time. But can I tell you when, when you do this step one? Someone say when. Okay, here's when you do it. Right now, maybe. But, but you need to go home. You, you need to get alone with God. You need a moment with God. And you gotta get before God and you gotta say, God, I wanna be who you've called me to be. God, if you have something for me, I wanna walk in the purpose and plan you have for me. So God, God, by faith, I'm receiving tonight. I'm called. You gotta get alone with God and you gotta in faith begin to receive. God, I am called. God, I am purposed. God, 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 I am planned. You got to get along with God and receive the grace of God and receive the mercy of God. You got to get along with God and call out and say, God, I'm desperate for your Holy Spirit. I want to I go on my campus. I want to be that guy that's winning souls and see, seeing people healed and seeing people delivered. God, I can't do it. I need your spirit. Fill me, fill me, empower me. I promise you I'm done right now. I'll never, never forget three years ago. I was just hungry for more. You ever just been hungry for more in life? Maybe it's not speed. You just, I, I want more. I was so hungry for more. And I, I, I was at, at school. I was doing my master's at the time. And I was in this residency program. And I went out for probably three hours. I'm not trying to sound spiritual. It just, it was what it was. And I just walked circles in that parking lot. And I just called out and said, God, I want more. With insecurity in my voice, God, I don't know if you have great things for me. I'm insecure. I, I just, I, I have doubts, but God, if you've called me, I want your calling. I confess, God, I'm just confessing sin. These are areas that I, I know are not right. I receive tonight your forgiveness. And I remember walking around in that parking lot, calling out with tears in my eyes saying, Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, empower me. I know I can't be the man you want me to be in my own. I need your supernatural strength and power. You got to have a moment with God. What did the Bible say in 1 Samuel? God calls out to Samuel, 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 Samuel. He goes to Eli, his, his mentor. Eli, do you call me? And, and Eli goes, oh, I think God's trying to get your attention. And what does he say? He, he says, next time you hear that voice, you must say, someone say must. He goes, you must say, speak for your servant hears. He was teaching Samuel the principle that when you begin to hear God, feel God tug at your heart, feel God, feel, there's, there's those of you tonight, God's nudging you. There's those of you tonight, God is nudging you tonight. God, 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 like you might not have, but God's just, he's pricking you. He's nudging you, he's pricking you, he's stirring you, he's nudging you. And, he, and he, he's teaching Samuel that when you feel that prick, when you feel that nudge, you, you go make a place. 
you go find the space and you say, God, speak for your servant. Here's, we got to get along with God and we got to receive what he has for us because it happens on the inside before it ever comes on the outside. Can I pray for you, God, tonight? I'm praying in the name of Jesus for every single person who's here tonight. I pray in the name of Jesus that Holy Spirit, you would bear witness in their heart. They are not ordinary. They are not, they're not a mistake. They're not just another, another number, another person that you created them uniquely. You created them individually. You knit them together in their mother's womb and you ordain. You put on their life a calling, a purpose, a plan. And I pray in the name of Jesus, you bear witness, Holy Spirit, that something would rise up in everyone under the sound of my voice that would say, I'm called to something. There's greatness on the inside of me. There's destiny that's been deposited inside of me. And I pray that something would stir, that they receive your call. I pray, Holy Spirit, you would minister the love and the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness of your son, that they would realize they've been qualified. It is not their works, it's the finished work of Jesus that has qualified them to be and fulfill this purpose, this plan. And I pray, God, that we'd start getting hungry and we'd start getting desperate and we'd start getting stirred up for more of your Holy Spirit. That we'd recognize that you've given us access to the power of God, the supernatural empowerment of your Spirit, that we might walk in and fulfill this call that's on our lives. Joshua, Stephen, this, this, whole, this whole time I'm preaching, I feel like to you both, Joshua and Stephen, that God would just say to you tonight that God wants to use you in the place that he's put you. You are, you, you, you are not boys, you're men of God. And God is calling you to another level because he wants to use you in the sphere and in the place that he's put you in. There's something on your shoulders that God's put on you. And God wants to use you in a way that's more significant than you can see right now. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you tonight, God, for ministering to hearts. Continue what you've started in us, in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.